Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our broadcast today. This is Friday morning, cross time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad you're with us today for our study of Bible faith in light of the cross. And uh, this is our classroom setting online classroom setting. So get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, and let's get ready to dig into God's Word today on this ninth day of July 2021. This is part 12 of Bible Faith and the Light of the Cross, and it's going to be a phenomenal session today for uh, the Holy Spirit is going to, not might, He's going to attempt to impart truth to our souls, for that is what he has been sent to guide us into and to liberate us from all the world, ourselves, the devil, everything that's hostile against God's way. He has come to offer us the truth, to guide us into truth, for that is the only place we can be found standing and experiencing the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We're going to be in the book of James today, so you can go ahead and turn to chapter 2, the book of James. And uh, I encourage you to uh, join us on Monday and Thursday mornings as well, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, for our study in Hebrews. And I'm telling you the last three or four sessions concerning the, the milk and the meat of the word and becoming experienced, skillful in the word of righteousness has been so much of a blessing and a great treasure for me to be able to be not just sharing with you, but learning myself, learning the truth of God's word that gives us a greater picture of his righteousness that, that we might be found walking on the path of his righteousness and not that which is self, but that which is of Christ. Hallelujah. And so uh, just a couple of things. Uh, thank you so much for helping us get seven expositor study Bibles every week into the hands of the inmates. They write us. They request those Bibles, those specific Bibles. And we mail seven every week, and that's costly. So those of you who are helping us do that, we appreciate you more than you can imagine. We recognize every donation that comes. I fill out every envelope for your giving toward that ministry or anything you do uh, in giving toward any specific area of ministry here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. So thank you so much for that. And those of you who don't give, you may pray about giving to see that these inmates receive these expositor study Bibles. Don't let the other thoughts come into your mind about what, well, how do you know what happens? That's, that's not our part to play. Our part is to give the gospel, to publish the word. What happens after that? If we try to get involved in all that, then that means we're still trying to control something. But if we will just trust the Lord and, 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 and allow him through us to publish the gospel, the word, to get these Bibles to these inmates, then he can do the rest of the story, that which really has to be done. We can't do that, and we, can't, we shouldn't be found reasoning away why we're not publishing, why we're not sowing the word of God to those who uh, anybody... That we all need the Word of God. So one more thing, Robin and I will be with uh, Pastors Wayne and Debbie Voss in uh, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, July the 18th, on that Sunday morning. So if you're anywhere near that area or if you need to buy a plane ticket or put a load of gas in your car and come and be with us there, you will be tremendously blessed to be in that congregation. It is one of the few determined congregations in the world today. Not just the country, but in the world. One of the few, and I don't, and I'm not talking about there's not more. Uh, there are more than I know about, but there are not many. And this is one of those determined congregations. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, like the Apostle Paul declared, I am determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. So again, that's 
Sunday morning, July the 18th, be with us there in Greenwood, Mississippi at Crossway Ministries. Crossway Ministries. Also, uh, John and Josh Rosenstern will be here with us August the 13th through the 15th. And that'll be a Friday night at 7, a Saturday morning at 10, uh, Saturday night at 6, and a Sunday morning at 10. So it'll all be live through the same avenues. And if you're watching this, praying about coming, uh, the Best Western uh, Hotel is the closest thing to us, the best hotel uh, here in Atlanta, Queen City area. Texarkana is only 20 minutes away, and there's all sorts of opportunities there for hotels and restaurants. So again, that's August 13th through the 15th that John and Josh Rosenstern will be with us. Come and be a part of those meetings. You will be tremendously edified, blessed, and encouraged all weekend long. Praise the Lord. James chapter 2, and we're studying Bible faith in light of the cross. And everything we study, we've come to the conclusion, has to be looked at through Jesus, the living word, and what he did at Calvary to become that living word made applicable to our hearts. The Holy Spirit can only impart to us the truth that we allow him to teach us and to guide us in. The impartation of truth is not the Holy Spirit just putting something in you and then you trying to figure it out. No, it's learning along the way. That's the real word for discipleship. The word disciple means learner. And Jesus said, unless you take up your cross, you can't be my disciple. So uh, unless our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, <clears throat> we're not going to be following at least the Jesus of the Bible. To follow the Jesus of the Bible, he himself taught that I must deny myself, all men, anybody who comes after him must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow him without the centerpiece in our lives being faith in what he did at Calvary. We're not following the Jesus of the Bible. That will make most Christians mad today because they don't really know sound doctrine. They're not studying the word of God as the Lord has commanded them to so that they can show themselves approved unto the Lord. And, and I'm glad the Lord has given me that at this moment because that is really what James is trying to show the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth through James in his writing that, that the Lord has approved of you and me through our belief in his Son and what his Son did for us about our sin on the cross. And there through that belief unto that work of righteousness, Romans 10 and 10, God declared us just approved for entrance into his kingdom. Hallelujah. He approves only through the blood of Jesus. He doesn't approve of anything any time else. He doesn't approve of anybody to make them his outside of their trusting in what Jesus did at Calvary. And he doesn't approve of anything we're calling fruit if it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit that only works legally through that avenue, Romans 8, 2. If you're just now coming on board with the message of the cross, you need to understand the Holy Spirit works exclusively through our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That's what Romans 8 and 2 teaches. He doesn't work in our lives just because we're saved. If he did, a lot of the New Testament, New Testament writings wouldn't need to be written such as Paul's letter to Galatia about falling from grace and Christ no longer profiting us or affecting us. And that's not speaking of lost people. That's speaking of people who've been saved by grace, brought near to the Lord. And then Galatians 1.6, we, we, we remove ourselves from Him. We, we fall from grace. That's, you know, there wouldn't be a need for all those writings if there weren't a possibility for us to go astray, for us to uh, not make it to the end. We're going to see that today in James' writings here. It, what The focus of, of the Holy Spirit through James is that you've got to have more than lip service. Faith works and faith has always has the fruit 
of its working. If there are no works and no fruit, there is no faith. That's what the Bible here teaches. And that is the focus of this letter. You can say you have faith, but unless there are works to be seen, the fruit of that faith, faith is dead. And we, and we see that here. And let me say something before we dig in this morning. That Again, back to the study to show thyself approved unto God. See, He approved us. He approved of us when we died through faith with His Son at Calvary. We were crucified, Galatians 2 and 20, with Christ, Romans 6, 6 and 7. We, the old man was crucified. We died with Jesus. You have to die to be born again, okay? And, and he, he, he only approves of anything through the death of Jesus. So being born again means God has approved you in Christ. He's declared you righteous. You're approved through your faith in Christ and His sacrifice. But listen, study, the Bible says, to show yourself approved unto God. God has approved of you in Christ and now He's looking for the fruit of His approval on your life. I, I hope you're getting that. I, I hope you understand that. That that's the reason we study, not to show ourselves approved among men, but unto God. God is looking for the approval through which He's approved you, and that's faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. You see, most today believe that they had faith in Christ, and that's good enough until the end. But that's far from what the Bible teaches. Is Truthfully speaking, it, it's not true. You have to endure to the end to be saved. And we'll look at some things that verify that, confirm that today in the Word. Many aren't interested. When they hear ministers bringing sound doctrine, that which thus saath the Lord, when most of the people in the church today hear someone allowing the Holy Spirit to define this scripture with other scriptures, righteously dividing the scripture, they run because they would rather have someone tickling their itching ears so they can stay in their deceitful, deceived place of thinking they're okay with God, that it doesn't matter what happens because I believed once I'm going to make it. That, that's why at, at every funeral, at every funeral just about you go to, you will hear somebody say, well, they're in a better place now. Even if their lives were controlled by the devil and everybody in town knew it, they're in a better place now. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a time of great, great deception. And most of what's being put on the table out of the pulpits in the churches today are nothing more than the bread of deceit, not the bread of life. Because the Word of God cannot be the bread of life unless it's in the context of what Jesus taught of who he is, the bread that came from heaven, and how that bread was broken to offer a life to all, not just initially believing, but to keep the faith. And we're going to look at that today. Faith by itself is dead and no good at all. If it has not works, and that's the works of the Holy Spirit, not just us saying, well, I better get busy. No, it's coming back to Calvary, staying at Calvary, that legal place where you were stamped, approved, justified, declared not guilty, innocent, and given all the blessings as a joint heir with Christ. You have to stay there, my friend. I'm not talking about hanging on a cross. I'm talking about the object of your faith has to stay there. Because what we're going to see today, and what we're going to see today is this, in, written here in James chapter 2, that Christ had to finish the work to complete the faith. I want you to remember that. That's going to help you with this chapter. 
See, most are confused and allow this chapter to be controversial and debates arise whether we're justified by faith or justified by works. But those who look through the cross and understand there's no justification that flows from the throne of God outside of faith in the blood of Jesus at all. Only those that look through the blood are going to understand James chapter 2 and find the clarity and the stability of James chapter 2 in what is really being said here and the focus of it all. But everyone who's striving for everything in the church other than the, the faith of the gospel, listen to me, Everybody who's striving for all these other things other than faith in the gospel, it's always going to be a debate and a controversy and confusion and cloudiness and haziness. And, 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 and there'll never, and listen, if that's going on, you can never have the fullness of the assurance of faith, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us we need to have. You can't have that. If you're confused, the more you're confused, the less assurance you have. The more stable you are, come on now, the more assurance you will have. Amen. Amen. Watch now. Christ had to finish the work to complete the faith. Write that down. Remember that. Christ had to carry out a work that Hebrews 4 says was finished from the foundation of the world. We're talking, God's talking about the way he saw it. God never begins anything that he hasn't already finished. That's why 1 Peter 1 and 20, Revelation 13 and 8, both those scriptures tell us that the Lamb of God was ordained to be slain from before the foundation of the world the Lamb was slain. And Ephesians 1.4 tells us that's the very place before the foundation of the world that God chose us in Him. He saw us believing in Christ, choosing that we need to have a Savior, the Savior that was sent from God, Jesus His Son. We chose Him. God saw that who knows how far before the foundation of the world. Who knows how... But see, we're talking about how God sees things. And God never sets anything in motion that's not already finished. It's, it, it, was, it was finished before it ever began with God. But thanks be to God, just because that's a reality doesn't mean God sits back and just waits on the end. No, God gets involved in everything. That's why he had to go ahead. He had to send his son in the fullness of time his son had to be born of a woman under the law to redeem everyone that was under the law. And that's the entirety of the human race, my friends. You need to understand that. Jesus still had to come and do the work and finish the work so that the faith could be complete. He is the author and the completer, the perfecter, mm, this is good, of our faith. But it took his work... Come on, somebody, it's going to help you with James chapter 2. It took his work being a finished work to complete the faith. And that's exactly what he was living by, grace through faith. Let me say it again. That's exactly what he was living by, grace through faith. Write it down, Hebrews 2 and 9 and Galatians 2 and 20. By grace... Jesus tasted death for all men. And God doesn't do anything by grace unless he finds a faith to function in. Because it's always by grace, that's what God is doing, through faith. Jesus had to live by grace through faith and he had to complete, he had to finish a work that God had declared finished before the foundation of the world, yet it had to be carried out and finished to make this faith of Christ complete so that you and I could have now the measure of that faith. It's not just any faith. It's the measure of that faith, the faith that we live by now in this flesh after we're born again, the faith we live by 
is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. It's, that's why its object has to remain that which Jesus did as the Son of God, the last Adam, that completed the work that finished the work that completed the faith. So let's look at this today. The Bible in James chapter 2 verse, let's just read verse 17 again, that even so faith, if it has not works, is dead because it's alone. Faith by itself is absolutely nothing. To tell someone I have faith without there being fruit of it doesn't prove I have faith. Matter of fact, the Bible says I don't. If that's all I've got going is my confession and there's no believing with the heart under righteousness, then I don't have faith. It's just me saying I have faith. Let's go on prove it in, in the Word. Verse 18, yeah, a man may say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, there's a point being made here. Faith can't be seen without works. Faith can never really be separated from works. Our faith is in the work of Christ at Calvary, not our works. We don't work to get faith. We believe under the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. We, we were measured out of that, the measure of faith that we now live by. And His finished work, the complete work, the completeness where He perfected, completed the faith. Get that now. He is the author and the perfecter. That means that means. Uh, the finisher, the, the, the perfecter, the, the one who completed the work, who perfected the faith. Mm. Because without the work, faith is not complete. So you always have to look to Calvary. If there's something you're not understanding in the Word of God, look to the cross. Through that comes the wisdom of God, the light of God. Any other avenue we're trying to get light from is that of the one who's transformed himself as an angel of knowledge, light, which is what light means, knowledge. So Jesus had to complete the work, finish the work to complete the faith so that we could have the measure of that to live by. Because the life we now live we live by the faith of, a, of the Son of God who finished the work by loving us to the point of giving Himself for us. That's what we walk in. We walk in a finished work. So let's look at a few more things here today. Uh, I have some things in my notes I want to share with you. Faith isn't seen if it isn't working with fruit, can't be seen. Can't be seen. And, and, and Matthew, Matthew 12 and 36, Jesus teaching here, he says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, that's those, listen, that's those that say, I have faith, but there's no works, there's no fruit. And we're not talking here about the fruit of just being morally right with everybody else that's trying to strive for moral excellence. No, my friend, there's a higher ground, a higher plane than just moral excellence. There's that which the Holy Spirit carries out in and through our lives. And yes, it has a moral excellence about it, but it's not us striving for moral excellence. It's us, hear me clearly, God's people through the measure of faith we were giving, given, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We're striving together for the faith of the gospel to see the life of the gospel, the fruit of the gospel. 
You have to understand that. The Bible teaches in the book of Philippians that our lives are to becoming the gospel. That's what our lives are to be becoming. And our, if our faith is not in the gospel, and, and, and listen, most of the church today says it is, but they're trusting in all these schemes and fads and the newest thing that comes in the church every year in which God has said there's no new thing under the sun. No new thing under the sun. And yet people are running to and fro for the new thing God's doing. That's been strong in my heart lately. The Lord's revealing to me. That which has been is that which will be, for there is no new thing under the sun. Let's go look at that today. Instead of me just sitting here and, and not doing too good, uh, uh, trying to quote it, let's go there together as our classroom session here. And I didn't get it right. Yeah, here it is. It's, uh, it's Ecclesiastes 1 and 9. Let's make sure we get that written down with our ink, pens, pencils today. Uh, let me make sure that I highlight that so I will make sure I remember that. In Ecclesiastes 1 and 9, the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no, no new thing under the sun. Did you get that? I want you to write that down. I want you to have that. In the, in the equipping of the Lord for the days ahead. You're going to need to remember that. You know, this is, this is one of the main reasons we have our, our Bible studies, our worship services, yes, to worship, to praise God. But listen, it's also to be equipped for the work of the ministry. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the ministry of Jesus Christ by His Spirit in and through us. I want you to know that we come to be equipped so that we can leave, we can have a greater armory of truth in our hearts. And when we uh, uh, happen, when, when, when the Lord puts people in our life situations in our lives, we will have been equipped with what will guide us through and, and be a light for others who are staggering around in darkness today, which is almost all of the church. They don't know what the Bible says. They've got five to ten verses picked out, but it's all out of context. It's all just things they can say when they're mad about somebody trying to uh, uh, provoke them unto love and good works. And, and we need to get back to a hunger and a thirst for God's righteousness. And it's only seen and found through the truth of the gospel. Proverbs 12 and 17, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Please write these things down and look at them. Allow the Holy Spirit to literally write them in your mind. That's what the, one of the promises of the new covenant is, that He will write His laws. That means His word in our minds. He will graft them into our soul. I pray that you would allow him to do that. Let's get back over here now. Some more I want to share with you. Let's finish Matthew 12 and 36. Jesus says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You know one of the greatest idle phrases among those who claim to be believers today, you know what it is? Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. You better know He knows your heart better than you do. He knows your heart. Oh my goodness, He knows your heart. The places, the deep places of your heart that you and I will never know. And we're going to be judged according to the secrets, the Bible says, of our heart. And all these phrases, people trying to run from God, saying, God knows my heart. I don't want to hear that. God knows my heart. How many, how many times do you hear people that claim to be Christian, claim to be headed to heaven, when, when, when the word begins to be expounded on, or the word Jesus comes up, they, you know, they, I'm all right, I'm good. You know, I, you know I, God knows my heart. You better know he does. 
And he's going to judge every idle word. And those who just say they have faith, God knows my heart, but they're not letting God have their heart and, and, and applying faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And they, they think some prayer they said 30 years ago, oh, so deceptive and oh, so wrong. They think some prayer, some words they quoted at an altar in church some 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years ago is their key and their, and their passing into heaven. My friend, the Bible's clear. You've got to keep the faith to the end. You've got to endure to the end to be saved. You better go back and read uh, concerning the, the seven churches in the book of Revelation. You better read that and you better let go of that false damnable heresy that it doesn't matter what you say, do, even start believing that's wrong. I've heard, I heard a preacher, uh, one, of the, one of the most popular Baptist preachers in this nation who's now retired. Maybe that'll help you without me calling his name. Wrote a book, Unconditional Eternal Security, and made the comment that it doesn't matter even if you renounce Christ and don't believe in Him anymore. If, you're ever, if you ever did believe in Him, you're going to make it. That is so far from what the Bible teaches. Those are idle words. Those are deceitful words. Those are lies. And, and, and people who look at the Bible from that, that, they will always be astray. They will always become dead because the flesh is lusting in Galatians 5. The flesh is lusting for that which will allow it to just go its own way and do its own thing. You better understand me. You better let go of that damnable heresy of once saved, always saved. Unconditional eternal security. Oh, it's very conditional. Not on your works, but upon your faith in the work of Christ at Calvary. And saying you believe that doesn't mean you do. If there is no fruit that you believe that. And then they say, well, what about the thief on the cross? He didn't have any works. Oh, sure he did. The moment he was saved, the moment right there on the cross by Christ when he believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, when he realized who he was and trusted him as his Savior, the first thing he did was rebuke that thief on the other cross. You better hear me. There's always fruit. Hallelujah. There's always fruit or there is no faith. Faith works. Hallelujah. Let's go on this morning. Those who keep the faith. Not keep faith. Those who keep the faith. See, faith must be kept by the Christian and it's the same faith that we obtained. See, 1 Peter uh, 1 and 1. Is it 1 Peter? Let's go look at that this morning. Uh, it may be 2 Peter. It is. It's 2 Peter. Uh, 2 Peter 1 and 1. Watch now. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained. That means they, we, we've received something. We, we, we have been given something. It's nothing that was found in us. We obtained it. Watch this. To them that have obtained like precious faith. That's this measure Romans 12, 3 speaks about. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. See, through the righteousness of God is through the work of righteousness Jesus carried out at Calvary as our Savior. Hallelujah. We obtained that faith. So let's go back now. Uh, James, let's look at this. James, we, we have to keep that faith. Going to a church every week, reading the Bible every day doesn't mean you're keeping the faith. It means you're reading the Bible. It means you're going to church. Those things could be the fruit of the faith, but they could also just be motions that we're going through, trying to find faith, trying to work for whatever. But the Holy Spirit has to do the work. If it's just us trying to do what the Bible says for moral 
grounds to look good among people, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works according to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made us free from the law of sin and death, both of which operate in the world today. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death is still everywhere. The law of the sin nature that produces death, not just acts of sin, but the law of the sin nature which fruit is death. Get that now. This is why the apostle Paul at the end of his life said, I have kept the faith. Well, he kept that which had been given to him. Romans 12, 3 speaks a powerful truth that the Lord has dealt, given (coughs) to each of us who have believed from the heart unto the righteousness of God, the work of righteousness Christ carried out at Calvary. He has dealt to each of us that like precious measure of that faith, that faith alone. When the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith, it means it's impossible to please God without that faith. God is not pleased in anything outside of the one thing He's pleased in. His Son, hear Him, for He's the one God is pleased in. Follow Him, for He's the one God is pleased with. His faith is the faith God is pleased with because it was a finished, enduring work until the end, completing the finished work, a complete, perfected faith without flaw. That's the only work and faith that God is pleased with. Never forget that. That's why He dealt to us the measure of that faith because that's the only faith he's pleased with. And if we say our faith is in Jesus, is in what he did at Calvary, there will be fruit of the work he carried out at Calvary. Never forget that. To say I believe in Jesus doesn't mean I do. For there are many false Jesuses being preached today. Paul said that others would come and preach other Jesuses by other spirits, have other gospels. We need to remember this. And it's amazing today that just any Christian thinks that whatever they're hearing, that it must be other people. They they never really realize they're the ones. I remember being in the old warehouse here in Atlanta, Texas, working there and so miserable and as a Christian, not knowing why all the horrible things had happened and why things weren't going the way I thought they should. And coming to the conclusion in that old warehouse that day, I'm not sure of anything I told the Lord except one thing. I'm only sure of one thing. All the other things that I had thought I had learned and had once held dear. I was confused and unstable and no longer sure about any of those things. Not any of those things. But I told the Lord, I'm sure of only one thing and that's that you love me and you gave your son for me. And in that old warehouse where that radio hang on the wall, I began to listen. I, at first, uh, uh, the, uh, several uh, weeks there went by and I, I, I just, I, I wasn't getting the cross stuff. I, I, I didn't want to even listen to it. I was hurting so bad. Still trying to figure things out on my own. Still trying, me trying to put things together. <clears throat> but I began to hear more and more of what the Sun Life radio program was broadcasting about the message of the cross and their stance against not people but the false doctrine that was out there. And and I began to see a little glimmer of light coming in and saying, you know what, I see see that. I I, I see that. And, And the more 
And the more I would sweep in that old warehouse, the closer I would be found sweeping to that radio. Until one day the cleanest place on the floor in that warehouse was right there near that radio because I would stand there and just sweep the floor over and over in that place where I could hear what was coming out of that old, beat-up, nasty-looking, oil-and-dust-covered radio hanging on the wall. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God being offered to me. In the midst of all the false doctrine I'd been indoctrinated with and even been a part of its teaching and publishing, I was found in a place I believe like the Apostle Paul where I was finally hearing what was sound, what was biblical without, without having to imagine and pretend and, 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 and have statements such as you really can't find what we're trying to show you in the Bible. You're just going to have to get it by the Spirit. All that witchcraft and voodoo. And I was finally beginning to see the light God was attempting to shine in my heart as He attempted to guide me into the truth. And I began to experience the liberty that that truth of the cross, the truth of Christ was giving me. And the hope, my hope, began to be lively again. And, and, and the assurance that I lost concerning many things I'd learned began to be restored to me because, see, He restores my soul in the path of His righteousness. And only there is the restoration in sound doctrine of truth that shows forth His righteousness. And all the hazy and the cloudy and the unstable places begin to move away and vanish as the light got brighter and brighter. And He began to teach me that, this, this, that He had made me, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus had become the very light that He'd given me. Psalms 37, 6 said, Your righteousness shall be as your light. And the less we understand the righteousness of God, which is what He did in Christ at Calvary, the less of, of the light of God's words of truth we'll understand. And, and, and the less of that we understand, the less assurance we'll have. Oh my goodness. This is such a marvelous and dear to my heart when I talk about those things. But... Let's move on here. Those who keep the faith. Now listen, what I'm going to say here now and share with you is concerning really what we're reading in James chapter 2 about Abraham being justified by works when he'd offered Isaac his son upon the altar. That's verse 21 here of James 2. But what we're talking about here is there can never be a separation from faith and works because the example is Christ at Calvary. By faith, He carried out the work. By faith, He finished the work and the finished work completed His faith. If you haven't written that down yet, here's your opportunity. By faith, our Savior carried out the work of God without flaw, without blemish, without sin. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, carried out in fullness, completeness, the work He was sent to do for you and for me at Calvary. And in finishing the work, He completed the faith. Think about that. That complete faith, that perfect faith, that faith he authored and finished, perfected, completed. The measure of that's been given to us so that we can find the very life, the grace, the mercy, the joy, the peace, the confidence, the assurance, all that that righteous work has afforded us. Hallelujah. You, you can't move away from it. And if that is where your faith remains from the heart and not just the lips, you will be experiencing the things Jesus died 
for you to be able to have, not just in word, lip service. This is the great weapon of the enemy, the word of faith. There is a word of faith. Paul said that we preach, hallelujah, but not what the false liars and faith men who've come into the church in years past and taught a different word of faith, the words you confess. Listen, the ministries are named after the lies that they are. The believer's voice of victory. The victory is not in your voice and not even in what you proclaim. The victory is in that which God gave you to believe with the heart. Then the words are declared. See, words don't bring faith. Faith brings the word. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said this is the word of faith, the word of faith that we preach. And he preached Christ and him crucified. Somebody said hallelujah. Watch now. Those who keep the faith are those who keep Christ's works unto the end. Watch this now. Revelation chapter 2 verse 26. We're studying the seven churches on Wednesday nights. Join us at 6.40 p.m. every Wednesday night. You're going to find the worship of the king. You're going to find sound doctrine where scripture is explaining scripture and there will be a mighty move of the spirit of God as he imparts the truth into your heart and you find yourself being delivered from all the things that you've been taught was a mighty move of God. Listen, if it's not the truth of God moving you, it ain't the spirit of God moving you for he is the spirit of truth and to move you he must be able to teach you that which he desires to move you into and that's the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget that. Those who keep Christ's faith, that faith we live by, the faith of the Son of God, those who keep the faith unto the end are those who keep Christ's works unto the end. Watch now Revelation 2 and 26 and he that overcomes and keeps my works my works Unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. You do understand, I hope, that these promises in these seven churches to those who overcome is not just to a few among all those that make it who overcome and endure to the end. No, 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 no. The only ones who are going to make it to the end are those who endure in the faith, those who overcome and keep the works of Christ. Those who keep the works of Christ to the end are not a group of people among all who will make it who will be given power over the nations for all the children of God. In that day, at the finish line, who have kept the faith, which allows them to keep the works of Christ until the end, all of those who make it will be those who are given power over the nations. You need to let that thought go. There's a few among all those that make it who will be given power, who've overcome the issues in these churches and given power over the nations. No, my friend, if you make it, You've overcome and you've kept the works of Christ until the end and you, all of the church in that day, will be given power over the nations. Hallelujah. See, if you believe that stuff, that other false stuff, you won't ever get this right. You won't ever get most of what's written in the new covenant right. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is not going to write any laws in your mind that's not the law of of liberty. Get that. James is even the one that speaks of God's word as the law of liberty. Those who keep looking into the law of liberty. God's words in their liberating context and there's only one place God's word liberated us and that's through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. 
This has been one of the best broadcasts I believe I've ever been a part of. I believe the Holy Spirit today is moving mightily even in the hearts of those who are dabbling in all sorts of mischief and, and witchcraft and voodoo and haven't known it, haven't known why. There's been something in your life for years that you knew just wasn't right but you couldn't put your finger on it. I believe today's broadcast is that which has allowed God to put His finger on those things and show you why they're really wrong. Really, really, really wrong. Because they are in all that we, all that most of the church is trusting in today is a part of the light that comes from the one who's transformed himself as an angel of light. False knowledge. What is false knowledge? Anything that is self-transformational. Anything I have to do to be saved. Anything I have to do to, to be changed even after I am truly saved. Anything I'm trying to do to transform myself into the image of Christ or to be delivered from the bondages that keep me from it. Self-transformational is all of Satan. It's all of Satan. Let's look at that as, as we uh, get ready to close today. And uh, we will look at that together. Trans Let me see. Let me see if I can. It's not coming up for me. I believe it might be 1 Corinthians 11. I can't see those who are... Uh, let's see. Uh, how about 2 Corinthians 11? Uh -huh. Here it is right here. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 14. And no marvel. Don't marvel. Don't marvel. Don't listen. Don't don't marvel because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. But look at, look at the verse before that, verse 13. We're in 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Now, they're holding the word of God but not in its righteous context. Remember Proverbs 12 and 17. Please write that down. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. A false witness brings knowledge, even uses God's word, but in a deceitful context. That which seems right, but ends in death. Get that. Watch this now. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, here it comes, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. All these fake and false prophets today, they have called themselves under the influence of Satan. They have transformed themselves into the very thing they claim to be. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're not apostles of Christ. They come in that name, but he didn't call them and he didn't send them if they're not giving you that message of righteousness. That truth that points to the righteousness of God. The cross. It's that easy. Quit marveling about that. Many of you sit in churches where your pastor is not preaching what he should be preaching. But you keep sitting there. There's a problem. And quit looking at him and look at what God's trying to do to you. Look at what he's trying to do in you, for you, through you. You've got to get up and you've got to get out of there. I don't hesitate telling people that. You're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ if you make it there for, for, 
sitting in a place where nothing but the bread of deceit was placed on the table. You're empowering him to do that if you're a part of that congregation. You see it's wrong. If it's wrong, are you not mature enough to get up and get out and get away from that? Are you still trapped by the fear of men instead of having the fear of the Lord operating in your heart? I'm trying to help you today. I'm not being mean. God, I'm telling you today what God expects you to do. Well, how do you know? Because I have a Bible, my friend. I have a Bible that tells me. We need to remember that. We have Bibles. Watch now. And, and, and don't marvel because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. That means a messenger of knowledge. Just like he did Eve, he does today. Watch now. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, his servants also be transformed it's self transformation as the ministers of righteousness they are not but they transform themselves and preach a different message of righteousness they've transformed themselves in an evil way so all they listen all they can offer is self transformation the enemy will never point you to the cross Someone who is not sent by God will not point you to the cross. Some of those who are not sent by God will only use the word cross every once in a while, throw it in. They won't exegete the scriptures bringing out the picture of God's righteousness when the Bible says that's exactly what will happen if it's not the bread of deceit. If it is the truth being declared, righteousness will be seen. Proverbs 12, 17. And that means the picture of Christ who is our righteousness and the righteous work he carried out at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Their end shall be according to their works. Everybody okay today? Let's get back to James chapter 2, verse 20. But will you know, O vain man, that means foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Your lip service means absolutely nothing there, child of God. You got to get back to Calvary so that the fruit of the Holy Spirit can begin to take place in your life. See, He began that good work in us when we believed under righteousness, Christ crucified. The moment we move to another object of faith, we cut ourselves off from the spirit of grace. If Galatians 5 says we fall from grace, we remove ourselves from him, Galatians 1 and 6, and that's Galatians 5, 1 through 4. If we remove ourselves from him, we fall from grace, that means we are now, we've cut off the work of the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of grace. I hope you're getting what you need today because the Lord's surely offering it to you. Watch now. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? What's, what's the Holy Spirit saying here? That Abraham's obedience to offer his son Isaac on the, on the altar through the word of God that had come to him to do so was justifying his faith. It was justifying his faith. The work that Abraham was trusting in was the promise of a redeemer. That's why he, when, he, when he went to offer his son, he, he said, hold on boys, wait here, we're going to worship. We, we will return. I want you to know that. Abraham's faith wasn't in what he was doing. Abraham's faith was in a redeemer. And on this very day, I believe is the day Jesus spoke of when he said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. He had joy to see my day. Watch now. Verse 22. Do you see how faith wrought, that means worked with, his faith was working with his works. His works was a manifestation of his faith. His faith was working. And by works, which was his faith working, 
that faith was completed. Completed. Abraham's faith was complete because his obedience was to the word of God that would show him a greater picture of a coming Savior, the Redeemer. You know what happened in this story? God, was, God put Abraham through this to show him the day of Christ. The greatest meaning of a Redeemer coming, that it won't be your son, it'll be my son. The Lord shall provide himself. Glory to God. That's what the Bible says in Genesis in this story. The Lord stopped Abram's hand and told him, The Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. And that's what he did. At Calvary, he offered himself. My goodness, this has been great today. Let's take off right here next Friday morning. Please join us and please hit the share button to get these out to a lost world and a dead church today so that many of God's people can come back to sound doctrine, come back to the faith they obtained when they were born again. God bless you. I love you. Don't forget to pray for us and to sow into good ground where you're hearing the righteousness of God's words of truth that will liberate you and keep you liberated all the way to the finish line. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you soldiers of the cross. Time is short. Could be today that we're going home. And just let's keep marching to the finish line with this faith and the works of Christ manifest in our lives. Until next time, remember, we're going to stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then. God bless.